Nice. So it was kind of random, but uh, I was looking for something, the next kind of thing and it kind of fell on my lap. And I started out sort of had camera, will shoot, like yep. shot weddings, shot, I shot uh, depositions with, for lawyers, which was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, got yelled at a lot because lawyers would like to argue and, um, <laughs> And so did, did, you know, sports, I did anything I could get my hands on as a freelancer for, for a few years, ended up getting lucky um, with this agency and was kind of one of the early hires, um, started out with just about four of us in the company. And then the video thing kind of blew up um, and sort of became the business. And so I, I got to a point where I was running a team of about 20 people and it was Welcome to Future Driven. I'm Adam Kopp, and on this podcast, I talk with entrepreneurs and industry professionals about the challenges and the wins in their business. See the vision, drive the future. So uh, welcome to episode 14 of the Future Driven podcast. Today, I have motivational speaker, Nate Katanis. Is that the right title for you, Nate? Absolutely. I'm a, mo- well, a motivational speecher. Speecher. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. People, we don't, you know, I don't give motivational speaks. I give motivational speeches, right? So motivational speecher, uh, life guru, um, business, successful think fluencer. A lot of, a lot of words can be used. Cool. Well, Nate, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share us a little bit about your story. So can you give us a little bit about your background? Uh, what got you to today? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, you know, I work with some of the biggest clients, some of the biggest billionaire life coaches in the world, some of the most important companies in the world. And I, I help them achieve their dreams. I help transform their lives so that they can go out and do more. They can be more and they can be successful in the world and make more money. So um, some of the clients I work with, you probably heard of them before. um, Carrot Top, Roseanne Arnold, um, ppface.com, which is actually a urinal cake company, best in class, best at what they do. I'm their, uh, I'm their business coach. Um, and a lot of other ones too. Um, so I, I work with these companies, these, these personas, I help them achieve more success in their life. Before that, you know, people always ask, Nate, where did you make your first billion dollars? Um, and, you know, it really just started uh, as a uh, pyramids uh, system where I crafted a, a business where I was selling the internet to elderly people. And I made a butt ton of coin. Um, don't tell the IRS. Seriously, don't tell the IRS. That would be very bad, especially it's tax season. I feel like that would be not a good idea to do that right now, but um, made a lot of money and um, it's been an exciting ride. That's awesome, man. Well, I, so what you must have a, a secret recipe or a secret sauce. What, what can you share with us today on, you know, what is your, what is your secret to success? Oh, so many secrets to success. In fact, that's an, an ebook that I've just recently released um, called Nate Katanis's 269 secrets to success, the secret sauce and all of the drippings. You can download that from my website for free. Um, when you pay $25. So that's something that number one, I'd like to encourage all the viewers right away, just hit them with like, Hey, buy my stuff, right? right? Before I give any value, go ahead and buy it from me. Give me money, pay me money for that. So one of the secrets is to get people to pay you money. 
So that's one of the one of the top secrets to success. If you want to make more money, if you want to make millions of billions of, of, of dollars in your life, you're going to need to get people to pay you that money. They have the money in their account, and you're trying to get their money into your account. And you should do whatever is necessary to do that, right? Um, so that's one of the top secrets to success. And I think, uh, you know, underneath that, we get into some of the strategies like how to not sleep ever, right? Because if we're going to be grinding, if we're going to be hustling, if we're going to be achieving more, if we're going to be producing, if we're going to be taking over the world, because at the end of the day, it's just about world domination, right? That's what everybody wants to do. Um, you really can't sleep very often for that, right? If you're going to be a total hustler at all times. Um, I recommend, in fact, doing what's called sleep bursts. So instead of sleeping for like a full eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, five hours even, you sleep for 10 seconds a minute. Okay. Every minute. And if you add up those minutes across the entire day, there's no real way to know how many minutes that is. But that's, that's a, one of the strategies underneath the top strategy of paying money, getting money paid to yourself. So there's a couple of strategies that your audience can use right away. Okay. I like that. So let me know if you need to take any breaks to have any quick sprint naps or whatever you're calling them. Um, what will happen is I'll just in the mid sentence, I'll just probably doze right up. Perfect. And then, and then we'll just let you have a little nap here and then you'll be back. And then I usually just wake right up and I, I kind of blacked out there, but I, I, that's an example of how I, I sleep. So I do that just throughout the entire day. And, and that's just how you, you drive your efficiency so that you can convince more people to give you more money. And one so, of the ways, what, give us one more. You got to have one. And I know you want people to download this ebook. So I don't, you, you don't want to give up too much, but if you could give us one more strategy um, so that people yeah. know to give you $25. Yeah, absolutely. So um, another one for sure that I use, I use this all the time. I recommend all, all influencers, all think fluencers, all thought leaders, all life coaches, all gurus. Every one of you guys should be doing this is taking photos of yourself in front of very expensive vehicles like a Lamborghini or a Porsche, posting those on social media, talking about how you're living your ultimate life in the description. So using um, social media as a tool to show people that you're better than they are is one of the most important ways that you can get people to pay you more money because they like, hey, look, Nate Catanus is out there living his best life. He's got the Lambos. He's got the Porsches. He's got the Lear jet, right? And I should just give him my money and I'm sure we'll figure out the rest. So that's another strategy that you can use right now. And in fact, I offer a Photoshop template where you can just actually download that Photoshop yourself into a, into a photo of a Lamborghini or a, or a, a jet, a private jet. Um, and then you can post that directly to social media and you can download that photo template for free off my website when you pay $25. So Perfect. another opportunity for value right there. Okay, great. So I, I know you're a busy guy. So what, what do you got coming up? What's what's the next big speaking event that you're going to or where are you traveling to next? Yeah, I mean, so many, so much excitement, so many speeching opportunities as a motivational speecher. Um, you know, I work a lot 
like I said, I work a lot with some of the, mo the most, you know, fulfilled, successful, best, productive billionaires in the entire world. Um, so I am going to actually be speeching at a billionaire conference for salespeople that are going to be, it's all, it's the industry is all focused on selling glue. Nice. So it's the best, it's the best salespeople in the world in the glue industry. And the content's going to be incredibly sticky. <laughs> well, that, that's amazing. Is that coming up soon or is that uh, still a ways out? Um, it is coming up. It's uh, March. It's, it's actually, oh, it's actually happening right now. Um, Do you need to go? I might need to go. Nate, is that I yeah. Hey, you know what? You're a busy guy. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. This glue ain't going to sell itself. I got to get these guys going here. I'll, you know, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah. You're welcome for having me actually. And, yeah. and you're welcome to your audience. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking your time. All right. Yeah, so no, I can, I'll take over. It's fine. Yeah, go do the, the glue thing. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, hey, what's up? Matt, how you doing, uh, man? Thanks for taking I'm good. Time. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I, uh, I guess I'm here to fill in for Nate yeah, just well, took off. We, Nate just took off, but he had mentioned that you had some time, or he didn't mention that, but he, he made it, he, he made it seem like you would have some time to uh, to talk with us as well. Yeah, I'm 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 here to 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 help out and fill in um, any way I can. I'm his administrative assistant, so I kind of have no choice. Well, but. let's be, let's be honest. You're the big vision uh, behind Nate Katanis, uh, uh, Matt. Uh, thank you for taking the time, uh, Matt. You're a CEO of Fungi Media. Yeah, I guess I've never said CEO of Fungi, but it sounds kind of cool. What, what, uh, I, what do you call yourself, I, the founder? Yeah, I guess I'm a founder and a you know I'm the the sort of the managing director of the of the company and and yeah, I guess CEO if you think about it. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, you got a team. How big's your team? Well, we got we got a couple of full time um, folks in the in the business, and then we have sort of a pretty strong network of of contractor freelancer folks that are sort of on the kind of a permanent to or so basis, so to speak, nice. um, with the type of work that we do since we're, you know, doing a lot of production work and that involves a lot of different skill sets. So the project can sometimes dictate what we're, who we're working with, but um, small team, there's three of us full-time and, and then a good 10 of us or so sort of more on the freelancer side. Nice. Well, let's, uh, let's take a quick step back if you will, because you and I went to college together, played Iowa, rugby together is something about you know 20 years ago or so and uh um what uh i'd love to know a little bit about you know post-college your career path and you know between like when you started work into when you launched fungi and you know how long ago was that yeah for sure um gonna go back in time and you know so i went to school to basically study film, which was not something that, you know, went to the University of Iowa. It's not like a necessarily a school you think of for film, um, but they have an amazing writer's workshop there. And also they actually have a pretty cool grads, grad program there. And I kind of got, you kind of combine with some of the undergrad grad stuff and you do some really cool stuff. So I kind of got 
into film there. Um, and after that, I ended up in Chicago kind of randomly. I was, I was also a musician and I was recording an album in, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I was recording an album there, was done recording it. And um, it was, I had some friends in Chicago say, hey, we need a roommate. You wanna move here? I said, okay, sure. Nice. So it was kind of random, but uh, I was looking for something, the next kind of thing and it kind of fell on my lap. And I started out sort of had camera, will shoot, like yep. shot weddings, shot, I shot, uh, depositions with for lawyers which was a nightmare yeah um got yelled at a lot because lawyers would like to argue and um <laughs> and so did, did you know sports i did anything i could get my hands on as a freelancer for for a few years ended up getting lucky um with this agency and was kind of one of the early hires um started out with just about four of us in the company and then the video thing kind of blew up um and sort of became the business. And so I, I got to a point where I was running a team of about 20 people and it was, I became the creative director over years, 15 years or so. Um, and there was art directors and designers and you know, a bunch of different types of people that helped make stuff. And so that's kind of what I was doing for, for a big chunk of my career. And then fun guy started about three years ago. And what, what agency was that? before well, yeah sheffield marketing in chicago we're not a not big company there's maybe the height of it was about 30 of us okay. total um and we did did messaging and marketing for a lot of large organizations a lot of a lot of b2b type companies nice nice okay yeah. and so so you took all that experience and and you decided to take the leap of faith and, and start your own company yeah i mean i I think, you know, I, I think I always knew I wanted to sort of own my own thing or do my own thing. Um, and I think the timing was a bit of a, it was kind of the writing was on the wall. Um, and my last company, it sort of, my, my boss sort of shifted the focus of the business a little bit, kind of let some of the marketing agency side of it go. I was, you know, it shifted quite a bit where I was actually helping him market his business and it was a second business and it was very, very different. It kind of wasn't the same thing. I wasn't telling stories as much. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next, this is a good, this is a good moment and time to sort of go out on my own. And um, I had learned a lot in that time period with that other company because sure. I got to a place where I was managing people and hiring people and I was um, managing money and managing operational things. And so I, I at least learned business stuff. Right. Um, and, but not all of it. <laughs> learned a lot more <laughs> in the past three years. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So then let's, let's dive into that. So what, you know, in the, so video, you know, just simplify it down. You make videos, right? Like, you know, you talk about documentaries, films, but within the uh, niche of videos, where do you find to be your sweet spot? What do you like to do? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a couple of things to answer that question. You know, the company's called fun guy media. So we think of ourselves as like fun guys and fun gals. It's like a bad, it's like a bad dad joke. Um, but give it some your, time. Cause your logo is a, a mushroom. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The fun guy on top of that. 
it's it's a little bit of like the, our style, our brand is we're fun, we're the fun people. We do we make fun, silly stuff a lot of times, okay. um, but um, people come to us a lot for like, and it's interesting. There's kind of this weird niche of like business communication, business video, business whatever can be often be very stale, and sure. sometimes it's very like complex. And if you want to be funny somehow in it you have to really know the nuances of the language of what you're speaking because it's not just about like rubber balls it's about like right. a more complex offering or whatever the company does and so we've gotten really good about understanding that and like getting really embedded with our clients and then being able to make something actually fun and dare i say it even funny um we just made a video for a company about returning to the office. And this is for like, you know, 10,000 different employees. It's an internal thing. It's not a marketing thing, but sure. there it was, we made a bunch of jokes in it and we tried to make it funny. Cause it's like, okay, this is not a funny concept, but right. if you're going to make something. Can you make something people would actually want to watch? Um, so so that's kind of the fun guy you, stuff. Yeah. Is that why you brought uh, Nate onto the team? Is, is that, is that how that developed? <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, my personal, you know, it's kind of like the fun guy thing. And then there's the Matt Cornelison thing is um, I think of myself as, I guess, a, a storyteller and an entertainer. If, if I had to like put it into two, those two phrases, that's what I would use because I, that's what I'm doing all day with companies and I'm helping them sure. tell their story through video. But then the entertainment side is like also happening, you know, like as a, as a musician, as a, um, as a, I guess, a comedian, so to speak. Um, that's my sort of my passion uh, in terms of my, how I'm spending a lot of my time outside of work. And sometimes I get lucky enough to kind of combine those things and in, in, into work. And so Nate Katanis is sort of born out of like living in this world of marketing and influencers and yep. thought leaders and, and having a foot in that but seeing all the kind of goofiness of it and, and then my entertainer side of being like, we need to make fun of this somehow. <laughs> well, so, you know, when we reconnected, I don't know, a month or two ago, and then you told me about Nate and I've been following you on Instagram since um, it's, it's, it's pretty funny, man. And, and uh, I appreciate, you know, you go live on and just kind of throw stuff out there. And, and uh, you know, if I need a little bit of a breakup uh, of the day, I'll honestly go to, your feed and see what Nick Katanis is talking about. And then, uh, and then have a quick smile and go on with my day. Yeah. You might be motivated and not the way you expected, you know, it might be, might just motivate you to laugh a little bit, hopefully. So, yeah. So, yeah sure, well, look, I, I think it's working for you. So keep going down that path because uh, I'm enjoying it and you got, you got a nice following on Instagram. So hopefully Nate gets a, uh, some more, uh, some more work, uh, here soon for you too. Yeah, I hope so, man. It's going to be something I'm going to do whether they pay me or not. So it's kind of like the music thing. It's like, I mean, every artist or whatever you want to call it wants to share their stuff. You know, you still make it with the hopes of other people experiencing it. Sure. But I think people who are really into what they're doing, they'll probably do it anyways. Right. Um, cause they like the process, you know, so, so I'll, I'll keep doing it and let's hope that other people keep on liking it and we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> nice, man. So, uh, any, any cool projects you've done lately that you wanted to talk about for, for fun guy? Like what, what is, uh, 
I know you, you know, I, I, I get the, the comedy side of business. I think that's a pretty cool niche and, and I'm sure it's pretty welcome to people. Uh, but what other things you know, have you done in the last couple of years or most recently? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a, there's sort of a range of, of things, you know, um, I think we have certain projects that are like, this is going to pay the bills. This is going to get the job done. And, you know, it's part of your kind of day-to-day stuff. And then everyone, you know, we get some of these other projects are like, holy cow, this is super fulfilling. And like, right. we really got to kind of like flex our muscles here a little bit and do what we do best. Um, and I've, a couple of things that come to mind, one of the things that, that we're doing and we're doing it for um, multiple clients. We're starting to do this is, um, we're doing a lot of sort of like live event, like virtual event, live stream types of engagements where um, this is, think of it like it could be an internal type of like a town hall type of a thing for a large company where you got to bring everybody together around the right. world. Or it could be like a conference or a marketing type of a thing. And I think the thing I'm excited about with those projects is number one, it kind of like lights me up on like that live, like, experience where I'm a, I think of myself as a performer. I like working with performers yep. and maybe they're not necessarily musicians, but they're presenters or whatever. Um, and so I really like working in that environment. So personally, that's like a really fulfilling thing. And I just think it's, there's a huge opportunity for this to rethink these types of experiences, especially with the pen coming out of the pandemic, people are really trying to figure out like, how do we make this really something that people actually want to attend? Like, whether it's like a, you know, maybe a traditional sort of a webinar or just like a live video show or like a, a conference or whatever, you're bringing people together and you're trying to, to educate them or entertain them, or at least ha- help them feel connected to something. And so I think that's something I'm really excited about that we've just kind of started to do really because of the pandemic. Yeah, um, no, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, the the thing that I like about remote access, whether it's remote meetings or events or whatever entertainment, is just the speed of it, right? Like if I need to yeah. go and travel to Vegas to go to a conference, I mean, that's like four days out of my day and my life yeah. that, you know, I might be able to get in in one day remotely. And you know, I, I know it's not the same and, and there's, you're never going to replace in person, but you know, the spirit, you know, one of our clients, uh, they've always done an in-person thing. They had to transition remote, you know, to a virtual. And, and so now it's, how do you do the in-person and virtual together? So you can reach more people, those yeah. that want to be in person, those that want to be remote and the not just during pandemic times, but beyond that. Right. Totally. Yeah. I think that's the exciting thing. It's yeah. And it's, I think you're totally right. It's like, there's going to be a hybrid of this stuff now. Right. Um, and I think it's, it's not just about band-aiding a, a problem about, you know, we can't, uh, we're in a pandemic and we can't get together in the same space. It's more about like, it kind of forced people to, to, you know, to figure this out a little bit, you know, to lean into the technology yep. and now they're discover like there's this world of opportunities Um, and I think that's the exciting part is like kind of rethinking, like, what could that, how could you create an experience that people would be pumped to join in person or from the screen if they had to. And I'm, I'm totally into that. And 
I think I always, that's a problem I was always playing with as a being in bands and being in comedy and like, how does this experience, there's a, we're going to have this, these performers up on stage and how are we going to create this experience and how are we going to use some of our technology and video and stuff like that to make it like entertaining and fun and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, no, there's, there's a, a lot of growth opportunity that's going to come out of this because of you know, those that really want to dig into it and, and make it a two-way or a multiple-way experience because there's so much uh, opportunity out there. And, and for me, yeah, speed is the game. Like, if you can get more people quicker, more often, uh, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, so, absolutely. But, yeah, but no one's going to replace an in-person experience nor, you know, what anybody expected. No, I mean, I'm still always, I mean, I'm one of the, I'm probably suffering, you know, in terms of the people that are like working remotely and hadn't been before. I'm like, I need to be around people. That's like my mode. And it's, you know, it's been hard for me. I'm like cabin fever and stuff. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent on the the boat of like excited to be around people again. (laughs) Nice. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your uh, leadership style. One of the things I always like to cover in this in this podcast is kind of like, you know, maybe it was you could talk about your previous company that you worked with when you had a bigger team or even your team now with your extended team. Like, how do you feel uh, your leadership style? What kind of leader are you and and what is it that you do to keep people motivated and, and head in the right direction? Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I think it's something that I'm really starting to start to really assess myself in a way that I hadn't before. Very, you know, in the, especially in the past year or two, um, with some of the challenges and and as I'm trying to build, I am trying to build a team. I'm trying to scale my business, and I really have to think differently about it because I learned a lot about how to maybe manage people before at my last company. But I think I had a long way to go to learn how to lead people. Um, I think that's a distinction I think for sure that is important. And, you know, when I was in my last company, I, you know, I was managing a good chunk of the business. I was managing up to about 20 people and that, you know, some people manage a lot more people than that. But for me, that was a lot. And I was in my twenties, you know, mid twenties and like hadn't really, I'd played sports so I knew how to work, you know, kind of be competitive and I'd done well in school. So I'd done, you know, some of the basic things, but I really hadn't managed a team before that. And I kind of managed, like, I th- looking back, kind of really thinking about what it was probably like for people, probably not everybody enjoyed that experience working with me because <laughs> I think about, um, I was probably a little bit around, rougher on the edges in terms of like, really commanding a certain performance, sort of setting expectations that I think I probably, you know, I expected everybody to do everything that I did the way that I did it. And if it didn't work out that way, you know, we had a lot of conversations and, and that sort of a thing. And so I think what I, what I, some of the softer skills that I started to develop afterwards, things, understanding things like just basic human needs and how to, how to like, you know, create a space where, people could come to you if they have an issue and a problem and feel safe doing so and using, you know, being vulnerable and some of these basic things that, you know, Brene Brown talks about, I think is one of the, she's like the queen of vulnerability. 
but like some of these things that maybe a lot of people knew or have experience with that I quite hadn't had experience with. So I think I learned, I learned, you know, by doing and learned what not to do by doing and what, and I, and when I had some wins, I think I was probably good at like maintaining sort of really trying to reinforce a culture of discipline and think some of those things that I did really well, but I wasn't great at, you know, connecting with people, making people feel heard, making people feel that sort of a thing. Right. And so that's what I'm really trying to figure out now, you know, like trying to master now because um, it's so clear now at, I don't know, my age or experience or whatever, how important those skills are to be a leader so that people might, would want to follow your vision and right. get behind it, get excited about it and, and then take over and own it too, you know? Um, so it's not, so it's going from that manager to leader thing. Um, and I think one of the things that I'm, you know, I try to read a lot of books. I, and I know you have to do more than just read, but I was just reading the seven habits of highly effective people. Have you read that one? I haven't. It's kind of one of the, the, it's been around for a while. It's, I think it's pretty stands the test of time. Stephen, um, Covey, where, you know, one of the things that he talks about is <clears throat> the different types of delegation and this idea of, and he uses these terms, but there's like, uh, go for, go for delegation or stewardship delegation. He talks about how, you know, go for del delegation is like, go for this, go for that, do this. Basically, if you're managing people or, or people working under you, you're sort of like just telling them every little thing to do. It's kind of like micromanaging, I guess. Right. Where the flip side of that is stewardship where it takes a lot longer and, and you have kids. So you've probably like actually really had some real hands-on experience with this um, where you really have to spend a lot of time with them on the front end of helping them understand um, some really foundational basic things that they can use ongoing afterwards. Yeah. And I think thinking of yourself as a steward instead of just like a, a day, a daily manager is the, that's the kind of the skill set I'm really trying to, to focus on. So getting better at the important things and maybe letting some of the urgent things take a back seat. Yeah, no, I like um, that. I think that's a cool, that's a cool, I'll have to check out that book. Um, you know, and it's one of those things that it's, we were just talking before we started recording that, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with just that right now. I'm trying not to micromanage the situation, but, you know, be lean more into, cause naturally I feel like I'm in that stewardship kind of thing, but then it's so easy to slip right back into uh, it's not getting done. Right. I want it done this way. And yeah, that's just, that's a short fix, not a, uh, a long-term, you know, growth strategy. Yeah. I mean, it's like the I'm sure a million different entrepreneurs have felt this way thing before, but like you're so used to putting out fires and, yeah, and you know, it's like knowing when, <laughs> when you should put that fire out and when you should let somebody else maybe handle it or prepare somebody else to put out some of those fires. So you're not always doing it. And, and somebody else used an analogy of like, are there opportunities where you can let somebody take the car out and get, maybe they don't total it. They yeah. just ding it up a little bit and they come back and it's got a few scratches and that's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I, I'm, I think it's a lifelong learning thing, but it starts with mindset, I guess, maybe for me, yep. that's one of the biggest things I've learned is just 
while I'm going to never stop learning those skills and I'm probably have some strengths in some places and weaknesses in others, I think just at least just self-awareness to start to know that you don't have it all figured out um, is a great place to start. I think that's really led to a lot of good things for me anyways, in terms of leadership wins and successes and working with other people is is that if you can at least be aware enough to know that you have a lot to learn, no matter where, what stage you're at. Yeah. Cause you know, it's like one of those things, right? It's like, I'm at this stage where I'm kind of, I'm kind of early on in my business. I've got just a couple people. I have a network of freelancers, but there are people maybe who are a little farther along and, and maybe you think of yourself that way where you, maybe you've got 10 people or you've got more people and the sort of the type of problem changes a little bit. For sure. And that mindset's got to change even differently. You've got to elevate it, you know, even, even differently. So where I'm at, that's kind of like what I'm focused on. And I know all, yeah. Self-awareness is good. Honesty is good. Vulnerability, like you mentioned earlier. I mean, all those things combined is just going to, it's going to keep it real, you know, even if just for yourself. So you're not, you know, and then you can carry that throughout and, you know, ultimately you, you know, you should be happier that, that, and that's the way I, I approach it, I think. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I'll say, last thing about this is like, this is a Brene Brown thing that she has a daring leading, was it daring leadership? I'm going to butcher that. I have to look up that book. But, um, but talking about this concept of um, managing by compliance okay. versus, you know, and the idea being like, some of us have this in, in us and some of us don't for whatever reason, but I do is it, like that person's not respecting me by doing what I said I wanted them to do. Um, and, get, you know, get feeling triggered by like something like, why am I mad about this? Right. And understanding like, is it because of the fact that they're, they're really doing something that's detrimental or, bad or whatever it is, or is it because they're not doing what I said, which are two very different things. Sure. And I think one of the things I started to like learn in about myself was like, oh, there, I have a little bit of a little quirk there, like that I need to kind of, kind of iron out. I get triggered by those things sometimes. And it's, it's a, it's not going to help. It's not gonna be helpful. Um, and because people, people are different, right? Some people need, <laughs> if you're managing or leading somebody, it's like, you know, some people react really well to like, just direct, like do this thing. And, and yeah. like, they appreciate, like they get clarity as kindness and like, they kind of are, maybe they've had that experience in their own lives and other people need a longer leash and need to need to do something a little bit different. So I think it's getting, getting, you know, that's, that goes back to that self-awareness thing. It's like, okay, what, what are the things that are triggering me? And um, what do I need to kind of iron out to, to improve. And for me, like that concept of not managing by compliance, but more for the greater good is something that was a big learning moment too. Yeah. And, and being a good leader is knowing what type of leadership people need as well. Right. So anticipating, and I think that really comes with experience and, you know, you can quickly be like, Oh, I've been in this situation before I, I can kind of, and we again, talked, uh, offline a little bit following your gut usually gets you to where uh you need to be anyways because yeah that's yeah i mean i'm i'm totally with you on that and i don't know how many times we, i've you know 
second guess myself and like, ah, that, you're just, you got to get lean back into that intuition. And right. that's, that's, you know, informed by your experience, you know, nice. So sure. uh, let's talk a little bit about what the future of fun guy or, or Matt looks like, uh, you know, what, what do you have coming up? What do you, where, where would you like to take this company and, and, or the entertainer side of yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I guess there's like kind of this artist in me and there's this sort of, you know, uh, business person in me, this sort of entrepreneur. So I was kind of kind of fueled by both things. I, I, I really do in terms of fun guy, in terms of the company, I really do want to build, you know, uh, I want to build a, a, a world. I want to build a place. I want to build a community um, where, you know, the people that sort of with shared values, people that are, that I really want to make movies with yep. can make movies together. Um, and I, I want to, um, you know, there's some specific things, for example, I do want to bring on more people to expand the team. Um, We've kind of gone virtual this past year, but um, the goal is to to have a studio, a modest studio that that we can use to serve our clients. But also, part of part of where I'm going with the business is to actually build IP and original content um, that would not just be a service side of the business, but also um, something that we can we can use. So, for example, you know, I work. I'm a I'm writing a a show that may or may not be, you know, sold one day, for example. Okay. Um, I have just recently brought somebody on who's comes from the documentary world and is very, very heavily involved in um, that sort of side, that style of content and right and brand, brand type content. So um, I think for us, it's sort of our style and the things that we're doing at our current scale, it's at a bigger scale with, with more people um, and then also um, this other sort of original side of, of the thing that's kind of a slow build for us, but um, that's the thing that I think the big picture, that's where it's going. Cool. So um, that's pretty interesting strategy to kind of take a content focus. Now you've got to build it. Now, is that something that you hold behind closed doors or do you build it out, build an audience? And as it starts to gain traction, somebody might pick it up. Yeah. I mean, you know, with Nate Catanus, it's just an example. Um, there's right. other types of things that we're, we're kind of doing, but um, that would be one example where it's an original brand, so to speak, I guess. It's a pers sure. per personal brand um, that we're just kind of playing in the sandbox with a little bit. But um, the idea here is, so we're, you know, written a sort of a series of scripts that that we would like to produce and, and make into content that could be distributed um, and, and potentially sponsored. And there's a couple of different models that sort of exploring whether that's like, a, you know, at a, what everybody knows Netflix, so you can imagine what that would look like, but whether that's that or an OTT model, or it's something that um, is actually backed by like a sponsor or like a, another brand that we're like really connected sure. with. Um, so I'm not, you know, I wouldn't like hide what we're doing unless it for some reason was under some sort of NDA. So there's or, nothing super top secret. Yeah, or funded separately or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, there. I think that's the difference probably is where, 
you know, from a business perspective, everything that I'm doing, everything we're doing right now is totally self-funded, right? We're not raising any capital. Um, it's all based off of revenue and stuff that we've, we've uh, generated. Um, some of that, you know, could go into a project like this if we felt like it was, if, you know, if I felt like it was something worth, worth pursuing. Um, but I think that the bigger picture would be um, we, I would, I would prefer to work with the best of the best people on something like this, where I think we need to bring in different entities um, to get something like this done. So I see that as kind of a second, like a, like almost like two businesses. Right. So you got your like service a, agency. Do you call yourself an agency? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, we, we mostly do. Um, we're not, we're not like a traditional production company because we do a lot more like we do content strategy and we do a yeah. lot of sort of agency like things. Um, but we also work with agencies. So, uh, so I guess technically we're an agency, um, but we never want people to think we're taking over their jobs. Right. I know that's, <laughs> it's a, it's a fine line with the, the agency world for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and, uh, and, and if you could tell Nate as well, we appreciate him. Now we never caught Nate's website. Do you happen to know it? It's yeah, I do. It's uh, natecatanus.com. So that's N-A-T-E-C-A-T-A-N-U-S.com. Perfect. As you can imagine how it's spelled. And yeah, they, you know, you can download all kinds of free eBooks, he says they're free, but you usually have to pay something. Um, yeah. yeah well, so, so you, all kinds of value coming out of that website. I'm Highly gonna recommend check checking it out. out. I'm going to check it out. Ch I followed you on, or followed Nate on Instagram, but uh, I'll have to check out the website next. Yeah. Um, you, you can book Nate to, to motivate your virtual meeting. Yeah. You could, you could book Nate to speak at your conference. Um, you could book Nate to send you a motivational video message. There's all kinds of, if you really need to get inspired, you need to inspire your team. Um, he's, he's available to do so. I like that. You could, so you could book him to send a, a video message. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. People have done that. Uh, there's, there's been multiple times where, um, you know, like a, a company or like a league of, whatever, you know, like whatever group of people they'll right. kind, kind of like, um, cameo almost sure. They'll book, book him to, to, you know, give him a couple of, and there's a little form to fill out. You can give him some like insight, insider knowledge. Yep. And he'll put together a video message that is certain to inspire the hell out of everybody. <laughs> so I hear. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thanks, Matt. Appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and uh, it was good catching up with you uh, before this call and, and this as well. So thanks again. Thank you, Adams. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. Take care.